We want to welcome you tonight to First Apostolic Church. We appreciate the blessings, the goodness, the mercies of the Lord, and we're going to go before him in prayer right now. We're going to ask that he will look upon every heart, each home, the many needs, Lord, we trust you for. Would you join with me in prayer tonight? Precious Savior, we thank you once again. It is a true privilege. It is a great honor as we come before your throne. We call upon you tonight asking, Lord, your blessing. Lord, upon the ministering of the word, we ask your blessing upon every heart, each home, and the many needs, Lord, as you know them all. We cast today our every care upon you, for you care for us. I pray healing for the sick in body. I pray peace of mind for those that are troubled and deliverance for the captive. Lord, as we stand on your word's authority, the power of the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it is a true privilege to be with you tonight. We look forward to getting into the word of the Lord and this Bible study service tonight. It seems that the word of God, no matter how many times we have read, no matter how many times we've spoken over a certain subject or uh, of a lesson, it seems the Word of God is always refreshing and it is always anew. And I'm so glad for the Word of the Lord tonight. We'd like to begin our reading tonight in the book of Leviticus, chapter number 17, and read verse number 11. And then we'll go to the book of Numbers, chapter 7, verse number 89, for our reading tonight. In the book of Leviticus, chapter number 17, verse number 11, it reads, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes the atonement for the soul. Numbers, chapter number 7, and verse number 89. And when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation, to speak with him. Then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of the testimony from between the two cherubims, and he spake unto him. Tonight our Bible study thought, blood and the mercy seat of God. Blood and the mercy seat of God. The question might be asked, why blood? I believe we could take some examples, and if we would go back to the very beginning in the Garden of Eden where the first man and woman were placed, created by God, made in the image of God, Adam was made from the dust of the ground. God breathed in him the breath of life and gave life, and Adam became a living soul. God had charged Adam to be a caretaker of the garden, and he would give him responsibility. And in the midst of that, he said, there is a garden, Adam. He said, do not partake of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The day that you do, thou shalt surely die. And in the process of time, we know what had taken place. It was there that the woman, when Adam was not present, was deceived by the serpent. And she partook and ate of that fruit, gave to her husband. They both ate. And their eyes were opened, and they became sinners. They had disobeyed God, and because of that disobedience, it took something, and it was the shedding of a blood of an innocent animal or animals. Blood was shed, and their skins became the first clothing for the first man and woman to cover their nakedness and sin. We also read about other sacrifices. Their first two sons, 
That was Cain and Abel in the process of time. God had required sacrifice, and Cain had brought of his. He was a tiller of the ground. He brought the fruit of the ground, and he offered it to God. And Abel, his younger brother, he also brought of his sacrifice, and that was the firstling, a lamb. And he brought that lamb unto the Lord, and the Lord respected the sacrifice of Abel, the blood sacrifice of the lamb. But Cain's offering was rejected. So it took, once again, the blood, the shedding of blood, and God was pleased. God's covenant with Abraham. We read about when Abraham received the promises of God. God made an agreement and a covenant with Abraham, and it was through the a circumcision of the foreskin, and blood was shed. We realize today that God is wanting to do something in the heart of men. He wants to do a new work, and that is the circumcision of our hearts. God wants to cut away the sin and the filth that is in our lives. You see, we can think example after example. We read about also when Israel had been in Egypt for 400 plus years. They were slaves under the taskmasters of Egypt. And there under cruelty and hard labor with vigor, the scripture said, they worked and toiled. And it was there that it came time that after the plagues of Egypt come through, the last plague being that death angel that would come through. God had instructed Moses to take the blood of the lamb and take it and put it upon the doorpost and above the header of the door. And there, when the death angel would come through, when he saw the blood, he would pass on by, and the souls in that home would be spared. But wherever the blood was not seen, the death angel came through, and the firstborn in every home where the blood was not perished because the blood was not there. We get an understanding now the importance of the blood, and we begin to read today, we talked about uh, the mercy seat of God. What was the mercy seat of God? In the book of Exodus chapter number 37, I'd like to read to you verse 1 through 9. It gives us an understanding about what this mercy seat was. And Bezel made an ark of shittim wood. Two cubits and a half was the length of it, and a cubit and a half the breadth of it, and a cubit and a half the height of it. And he overlaid it with pure gold, within and without, and made a crown of gold to it round about. And he cast for it four rings of gold to be set in the four corners of it, even two rings upon the one side of it and two rings upon the other side of it. And he made staves of shittim wood and overlaid them with gold. And he put the staves and the rings by the sides of the ark to bear the ark. And he made of the mercy seat of pure gold, pure gold. Two cubits and a half was the length thereof, and one cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And he made two cherubims of gold beaten out of one piece, made he them on the two ends of the mercy seat. One cherubim on the one side or this side, and the other cherubim on the other end that side. Out of the mercy seat made he the cherubims on the two ends thereof. Verse 9, and the cherubims spread out their wings on high and covered with their wings over 
the mercy seat with their faces one to another, even to the mercy seatward were the faces of the cherubims. You see, it was the mercy seat that was on top of the ark of the covenant where, of course, the law of God would dwell, where later we would find a cup of manna would be placed, where God would satisfy and feed his people for 40 years in the wilderness. And then yet there would be Aaron's rod that would bud, that would be showing that he was to be the priesthood. He and Moses were to be ruler. God set rulers over the people to lead them to the land of promise. So we understand the mercy seat was where the cherubims were in the center top of that lid of the Ark of the Covenant. But it was there that God's presence would dwell. It was over the mercy seat. We understand in the Old Testament, but we might ask the question, well, what about today? What, what about today about God's mercy seat? The writer of Hebrews tells us in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter number 9, verses 12 through 22, and I want to read for you today what we believe the Apostle Paul pins here for us, and he says this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us, for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and of ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of, of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they were all, or they which are called, might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is the force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. You see, it took the blood. It took the blood. That Old Testament, the shedding of blood, would cover the sins of man, merely cover the sins of man. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkle both the book and all the people. Moses took that blood that had been shed of that animal. He sprinkled over the book, the law, the word, and then he sprinkled that blood over the people to signify the words of God. The word of God, my friend, is covered. The word of God is established. And the word of God alone will be the very thing, if we will apply it to our lives, that will be our salvation. And he goes on to say, and I believe this is what we need to be reminded of, verse 21 and 22. And he says this, Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. Verse 22, And almost all things are by the law purged 
with blood and without shedding of blood is no remission. You see, we are reminded of the Old Testament and how that a lamb was brought, a goat was brought, it was slain, its blood was taken, and it was poured out. That animal was slain and its blood was shed. Why? To cover the sins of man. It went back from the very beginning. It covered the sins of man. And so it was a requirement of God, and yet today it takes the blood. Reminder of Leviticus chapter 9, verse 7, And Moses said to Aaron, Go unto the altar. And you see, even the man of God, Aaron the first high priest, Moses is telling him here, he says, And offer thy sin offering, thy burnt offering. You see, before the man of God could do his duty, he also had sin in his life. You know, the book of Romans says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no one that is free from sin. There is no one that is above sin. We're all going to make mistakes. We have all made mistakes. We must have the blood applied. We've got to have the blood applied. Let me read on. And he said, For thy sin offering and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people. And offer the offering of the people and make an atonement for them as the Lord commanded. See, this thing has been commanded by God. This was established by God. God had made this command. In the book of Leviticus chapter number 16, in verse number 34, it also reads, And this shall be an everlasting statute unto you to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. You see, every year, if you were the head of your home, the man would bring a sacrifice unto the priest, and the priest would take the sacrifice. That sacrifice would be slain, and its blood upon the altar poured, and man's sins, the sins of men, would be covered through the blood of that animal that was shed. But it merely covered his sins. It only covered them. It rolled them back for a year. And every year, the man would come back and make an atonement. It would atonement be made through the sacrifice, but it only covered it. It would not take it away. And so God's plan... And I want to tell you tonight, God has always had a plan. It's never been plan A, B, C, D. God has had a plan A in stages, my friend. He knows the end from the beginning, and God's plan is perfect. And we read also in the New Testament, and when Jesus, who became our high priest, Aaron was the first high priest in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ became our spiritual high priest. When he went to Calvary 
and he was crucified. He was nailed to an old rugged cross, and his blood spilled and fell to the ground. It was the blood of Jesus Christ, my friend, that was shed many years ago, over 2,000 years ago. The blood of Christ was shed. Why? Because it took more than a covering. I want to tell you tonight, because he shed his blood, we have an opportunity to have full redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ. My friend, not merely just a covering, but a washing and a cleansing and a renewing to take away the sin of this world. You see, we inherited sin. We've inherited sin. It has been passed down generation to generation. And no matter how good of a person you and I are, our sins will always be there until the blood of Jesus Christ is washed it away. And let me tell you tonight, his blood will make the difference for you. It will make the difference for you. He became our high priest. His death on the cross purchased our souls. It was his blood. His blood. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter number 24, beginning at verse number 44 through 49, Jesus, after he had resurrected and been and showed himself to his disciples, he was ready to leave and to go back and to send up to the Father. He was ready to go back to where he had come from. And these were the words he left with them. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. In the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, it says, And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witness unto me, both Samaria, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, that power, that promise, the Lord said for them to go tarry for, and they done that very thing. For at the day of Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, we realize and we read in the book of Acts chapter 2 where it had taken place. They were filled with the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Jesus had told a very wise man, he was a ruler of the Jews who believed Jesus was the Messiah. He came to Jesus at night, though, through fear because he was afraid he'd be kicked out of the Sanhedrin. He was afraid that they would discredit him but yet he believed in Christ. And he came to the Lord and began to speak to the Lord and acknowledged him. And Jesus answered him in John 3, 3 through 5. Listen to what Jesus said to Nicodemus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus was speaking about the water, that water representing his blood that was going to be shed on an old rugged cross. That water would represent a death and a burial. And as he was in the tomb three days and came forth on the third day, we too, when we died of sin and were buried in water and baptism in his name, we are resurrected and become a new creature in Christ. And our old man, that old sinful nature, it is gone. It is under the blood in that watery grave. And we come up new creatures in Christ, clean and whole. Jesus had told them, go to Jerusalem. Tarry there because there's a promise coming. The apostle Paul made an address to 12 disciples of John the Baptist in Acts 19. He'd asked them a question. When he had met them, he said, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, We have not so much heard if there be any Holy Ghost. And he asked them, Well, how were you baptized? Well, we were baptized unto John's baptism. And Paul said, John verily baptized under repentance. And he baptized in the name. He baptized every one of them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he laid hands on them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. And Apostle Peter, at that Feast of Pentecost, he stands up in the midst of the crowd. He stands up and declares to them when they were wondering what means that we hear all this going on. We don't understand. We, we hear them speaking in a language. They're Galileans, but we hear them speaking in our languages. You see, there were Jews that came from all over the world for the Feast of Pentecost, and they heard them speak the glorious things of God, and they didn't understand. Some mocked and said they're drunk with new wine. No, Peter said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit. You know, God is still pouring out his spirit. He testified to them as we testify to you today. My friend, the Holy Ghost is an experience you can have and God wants you to have. It's a joyful thing. It's the best thing you'll ever find in this life. It's the greatest joy you'll ever experience when God fills you with the Holy Ghost and with power. God filled them with his spirit. God is still doing it today. It wasn't a one-time thing. It wasn't just for the early church. My friend, it's for the church today. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I want to say today, the blood and the mercy seat of God. The blood and the mercy seat of God. Oh, I'm so glad. One day that blood covered me. One day I found the true mercy seat of God. It was at an old-fashioned altar of repentance where I met him, and he fed my soul. He set me free. I am so glad because he has brought liberty, and you can have that liberty today.